You're listening to the Buildify Method Podcast, where we're all about mindset, systems, and profit. As a nationally recognized business consultant, coach, and speaker, your host, Aaron Keith, is passionate about supporting the entrepreneur community by sharing his knowledge gained from coaching over 10,000 entrepreneurs in nearly 20 years, at companies ranging from billion-dollar enterprises and celebrities all the way to Main Street and small startups. Each Buildisode's blunt, no-bullshit conversation is led by Aaron along with his co-host, Ryan Coyne, a veteran tech consultant and nationally recognized speaker. Each week, Aaron and Ryan deconstruct mental and physical aspects of the topics that challenge all successful entrepreneurs, while also providing coaching, insight, and specific advice on distinctions that affect all growth-minded entrepreneurs. So listen up. It's time to work on your business, not just in your business. Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is Aaron Keith, and I want to welcome you all to the Buildify Method podcast. I'm joined today with my co-host, Ryan Coyne, and Ryan and I are extremely excited to bring you one of our close friends, our colleague, someone who's a true expert in the space. Today, we're going to be discussing social media and your online presence. Ryan, can you welcome our uh, amazing co-host with us today? Absolutely. It would be my honor. We're joined today by Alex Montalenti, serial technology company entrepreneur, successful exits from multiple businesses. His latest business is called Real Greater. It helps different businesses baseline their social media continuity for accuracy and discoverability and take their marketing plan to the next level with a focus on social media. Alex has worked with and coached thousands of individuals across the country on how to take their marketing plans to the next level. And he's joining us today to provide his expertise and some really special insights on the conversation that we're going to have around how social media fits into your marketing plan. So Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Ryan and Aaron. This is awesome. I'm glad to be here. So starting off, um, I want to shoot you both a question and hear what you both have to say about it. You know, we, we all have clients that talk about the importance of their reputation. We even have a build a soda on authentic versus manufactured integrity and reputation in your business. Can, can you, can you talk about how important exactly is your online reputation overall as a key factor of how the business is perceived? Uh, Alex, please go ahead and, and give us your opinion on that. I mean, I really believe that in many cases, your online reputation is more important than your actual reputation. Because at the end of the day, you're getting referrals, you're getting business from all over the place. And what's going to end up happening is they're going to Google you. And once they Google you, what are they going to see? Like my question to all of you is, have you Googled yourself lately to actually see what shows up? You might actually be stunned or surprised about the different things that show up on a Google search result for you. Absolutely. And it's funny, uh, I, in preparation for this call, I actually did that. Like, I'm like, all right, well, let's take the coaching. Let's, let's see what happens. And I actually learned something new. And I'm, you know, I'm pretty familiar with my online presence as a professional. There are other people that have my name, you know, that are in similar spaces uh, out in the country. And so there's other Aaron Keiths out there. I was like, huh, all right, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I need to do a better job differentiating myself because you know, it's really easy for someone to stumble over another Aaron Keith if they don't know what I look like. Yeah, you know what? And I actually also think that in addition to the confusion and being able to tell one person apart from another or one business apart from another, something that as a consumer, because all of us, even if we're entrepreneurs, we're also consumers about all kinds of things every single day, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when I see a negative review, it's bad. Of course, it's bad. Nobody wants negative reviews. But what helps a lot is when you see that the business owner or somebody at the business has responded to that review offering to fix it and they sound 
you know, sincere. You know what I'm saying? You have an opportunity to save negative impacts to your reputation if you take the time to be aware. You know, to Alex's point and to your point, Aaron, if you're if you're cognizant of what's out there about your business, you can also take steps to address the potential bad. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah, yeah, so Alex, Alex, what coaching do you give people when they Google themselves and, and they're starting to deal with or confront their the absence of you know their reputation or whatever reputation is present? So yeah, the first thing I tell I tell people is that if I was to Google a business, one of the first things that I see is a Google business page. Hmm. We've all probably been on a Friday night thinking, okay, where am I gonna go to eat? Right. When I Google a different restaurant, the first thing I see is the Google business page for the restaurant. I see pictures of the restaurant. I see reviews for the restaurant. I see a link to their website, their menu, their open table, whatever the case may be. But on a mobile search, the Google business page is the first thing you see. And on a desktop, it's the thing that's on the right that occupies 40% of the screen. Wow. My advice to everybody is that, you know, first of all, make sure you have a Google business page because that is, that's huge for your, for for your own credibility, for a place for people to give reviews, and for you to actually control your online reputation. And then secondly, make sure that you're actually getting five-star reviews on there. And like what Ryan said, if you happen to get a negative review, respond to it. And I'll, I'll Yeah, and you have to claim the page too, right, Alex? What's that? You have to make sure you claim the page. Well, yeah. In some cases, Google actually creates the page for you without you even knowing and then you have to claim it. In other cases, it may not be created, and you actually have to get it created through Google Business. Gotcha. But I'll, you know, in responding to, to how do you deal with a negative review, I'll be honest and authentic, because I know that's part of this program. I got a negative review for my business. And what was that like for you? It was like awareness, like, okay, somebody's giving me feedback. You know, it's not like, a, you know, I'm obviously, it's not like failure, it's feedback, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, his name was Michael. He gave me a bad review. And what did I do? I picked up the phone and I called him. And I was like, hey, Michael, I noticed you gave me a bad review. I would like to know, you know, what's going on? How how was your experience with us? Obviously, it wasn't a good experience. And he's like, no. He's like, actually, I've been trying to cancel and you haven't, you know, you haven't canceled my account. And I see the charge on my card again. And I'm like, that's not good, Michael. Like, that's not what we stand for. That's not what we're committed to. I was like, I'm immediately going to take care of that for you. And I'm going to refund you for the month that you were charged. And he's like, I really appreciate that. And he's like, I'm actually going to turn around and turn that bad review into a five-star review because you gave, gave me great customer service. So you can boom. actually, boom, take care of that, you know, like responding to it, getting the feedback. And then you can, it's actually feedback on your business. That's all it is. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. It's yeah, that's powerful. powerful. Yeah. So something else just to kind of add to this too, when I, when I look at people's online reputations, I tend to notice that a lot of entrepreneurs have not sit, uh, kind of really sat down and holistically looked at all the different opportunities to consciously craft or create how they occur online. A lot of people haven't looked at their website in relationship to, say, their social media channels and their website and social media channels in relationship to some of the review sites. And taking all of that into consideration, making sure that the descriptions of your business are cohesive across all platforms, images are consistent across all platforms, and all of those different platforms make up your brand identity and how people view you online. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, in, in the real estate business specifically, and it applies to all businesses, is there's, there's a certain set of websites that every entrepreneur or every realtor or every lawyer or every, you know, whatever industry you're in, there's a certain set of sites that, that relate to you. Correct. Let's take, you know, the common ones are going to be, everybody needs a Google business page. 
Everybody needs a Facebook business page. Everybody needs a LinkedIn profile, a YouTube channel, and an Instagram profile, right? You right. got to your social and your Google. That's for sure. And then let's say in the real estate space, you're going to be on Zillow, homes.com, and realtor.com. If you're a commercial agent, you might be on CoStar or LoopNet. If you're a lawyer, you might be on some index of lawyers, right? I mean, everybody's going to be on some set of sites. And you want to make sure that across the board, you have consistent branding, you have all your profiles filled in properly, you don't have three sets of headshots from three different <laughs> Right. So, I mean, that's really what where, where we saw we could help a lot is, you know, similar to cre how Credit Karma is going to run your credit score across mm -hmm. all different credit cards, RealGrader is measuring you on all the different sites. So we actually developed a scoring system based on 180 different data points to measure how you're showing up online across all the different profiles. That's brilliant. And, and how, do, how does the average person show up and fare on that as far as their score? Well, in the real estate industry, it's a 30 out of 100. Wow. Yeah. Have you, have you seen that translate to other industries as well? Or would you, you know, do you have any data on that for us as well? I mean, we, we get a lot of related industries and other industries. And I mean, uh, I'll be honest. I mean, outside of restaurants, like I would say 60 to 80% of businesses don't have their Google business page set up. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. That's staggering. Yeah. yeah. That's, 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 that's incredible. Yeah. So, so, so in addition to that, you know, one of the things that RealGrader is doing that's been actually generating a, a ton of buzz is your digital business card product that I heard recently went viral at a bunch of different real estate conferences, which is fantastic for you guys. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, can you, can you tell us a little bit more about that and what you feel that's going to help people do and the impact it's, it's going to be having across the industry? Yeah, for sure. I mean, how that how this thing came about is really that after we built everybody's profiles across all these different sites, they wanted an easy way to text message it to their clients or to their prospects. Like, mm -hmm. check out Google Business, check out my reviews, check out my this, check out my that. So we, we built this digital business card solution called an Instacart. And I mean, let's face it, nowadays, if I hand you my business card, Ryan, what's going to happen to my business card eventually? I might use it as a toothpick and then throw it on the floor of my passenger seat in my car. Bingo. Or hold, or hold my gum, you know, and I get rid of my gum somehow. Yeah, totally. It, it's going to end up in the garbage. It's an old technology. It used to be cool when we had Rolodexes, and now we have cell phones. So, you you know, you don't want to hand somebody a business card that they have to type in the information and store them in your contacts. So then people got creative. They're like, I'll just take a picture of my business card and make it digital. Okay, that's cute, but it's not interactive. Or I'll send you my V card and you can just save it into your contacts. That's cute, but it doesn't give me the whole picture. There's no graphic image. Right. So the digital business card is completely interactive. It represents your brand and it gives somebody the holistic picture of everything that you have from your social media. Hey, follow me on Instagram to check out my reviews on Google, on Zillow, on whatever, to check out my bio, my YouTube videos. We made this thing so you could even play video the second you, you text it to somebody. And they just hit a button and boom, shoot, everything gets saved into their phone. That's what I was going to ask you. So it's it's one tap to be able to save all of the information to their contacts and build a complete profile of somebody in their phone, right? Bingo. That's, I mean, that's what people want. You want to save time. You want to get information efficiently and you want to get the whole picture. And that's, that's what so great. Does. That, that sure beats putting a QR code on a business card. That's for sure. <laughs> that's cute too. <laughs> you know what I really love about this, Alex, is when I deal with a lot of entrepreneurs, um, especially in the real estate space, uh, you know, the, the smaller, newer entrepreneurs that are they're growing and in, in the building their companies up, 
I notice a lot of people don't have a large enough database to really hit their sales goals, right? They do a great job. They set their sales goals. They know their metrics. They know their KPIs. But when they start to look at their database and that pool that they're fishing out of, that pool is more like a bucket or maybe a small pond if they're lucky. People don't have enough human beings in the database to fish from to hit that sales goal. So I think what you're doing is going to expedite that greatly for people because a lot of my clients go to networking events and they quote unquote meet people, but they don't get anyone's contact information or they give away their business card and we know what happens to their business card. So there's no actual exchange of information that's, that, that's tangible and actionable. What you're going to do here with this digital business card is going to exponentially change how fast people are connecting the effectiveness of that connection and how people are growing their databases. That's, that is just really great. That's tremendous. Yeah. You hit it on the head. I mean, and if you think about it, what's, what's the most common way that people communicate nowadays? A lot of text. It's text message, right? I mean, text messages is, is clearly the fastest way of communication. So if I, if I was going to text somebody, my digital card, they get my card, they save my info. Okay, great. If I handed them my card, I mean, just talking from a sales strategy point of view, I hand you my card. That's very passive. I'm hoping mm-hmm. you're going to call me. As right. a person, I mean, I would fire my salespeople that just hand out cards all day and don't get people's phone numbers. Absolutely. So now you're starting a text conversation. You're actually proactive. You've got their phone number and you can follow up later that night with another text message. And now they're part of your database. And now you're actually making moves towards relationship and nurture that relationship and have more conversations. Absolutely. That's the power there. I think that it's a little, it's like a hidden power because it's like you get their number right away, but the, the conversations that they get developed over text, that actually turns into the sale. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I'm fired up right now. I kind of want to hang up on both of you and go out there and start selling something. I don't know, but this is really fantastic. And I, uh, going, this is a good segue into the next question because with all that power in their hand to be able to communicate and get their information efficiently over to people in a way that will will convert much more you know, much more meaningfully. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aaron, this question's for you. Um, and Alex, I'm curious what you think about it as well. What can business owners be doing to better display their brand online? Yeah, and I, I think I think Alex is going to hit this one out of the park as well. I mean, the 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 angle that I can take on this question is really from a place of branding. I see a lot of entrepreneurs have not sat down and really crafted what what's their brand. What are the brand pillars? I think most business owners need somewhere between three to six pillars that make up their brand. So since we mentioned real estate so far in the podcast, I'll just kind of take that as, a, as an example. If I was building a real estate brand, uh, an example of some of my pillars would be real estate is going to be obviously one pillar because that's my industry. I would say community would be a, another pillar. Technology would be another pillar for me. Um, lifestyle would be another pillar for me. So if I have consciously created these pillars that I feel that if I push content behind each one of these pillars, that sum total of all that content is going to make up my brand. So just for, so there's a definition on the airwaves here. Your brand is the gut feeling that someone has when they interact with your brand. Okay. It's that gut feeling that they have when they interact with your brand, right? So you need pillars that are having people have that feeling the one that you want them to have, not the one that they're accidentally having. And to Alex's point, people are, are, are searching you. And because there's not much out there on you that you've consciously controlled, the gut feeling they're having about you is less than favorable. Would you agree, Alex? Yeah, for sure. 
how do you how do you coach people to kind of sort out their online presence? Yeah, I mean, I think Googling yourself is a good start. I think checking out your social media and your Instagram and looking at it from a stranger point of view, you know, like what what would a stranger or what would a a referral see when they check you out? Yeah. All right. I, just Google, I mean, if forget about it. If I Google a realtor most of the time, you know, like I said, 30 out of 100. So their branding is not consistent. I'm seeing headshots from all different eras. I'm seeing bios that are written differently at different times. So there's just no consistency there. I think the first thing is making sure that anything that shows up online for you is consistent, consistent headshot, consistent background image. You know, what, what is your target market? What is your messaging? Make sure your messaging is consistent. What are you going to be known for? You know, are you selling in this area? Are you selling in that area? What, what is it that, you know, are you a condo expert? Are you a, a home expert? Are you residential, commercial? I mean, most of the time I go online, I'm going to use real estate because I know it really well. Right. I'm confused. Like, who are you? What are you? What do you do? Do you just do everything? Are you <laughs> just going to do everything? So, you know, you got to, you got to zoom in on that. You got to make that consistent. You got to make sure everything's complete and make sure that whatever shows up for you is something that you're actually in control of. Right. right? Like there's so many sites making information about you and you want to be careful about that because that's actually your reputation. And I, I just want to step back and, and re-emphasize something that Alex just said. For all of you listening, you know that I'm very, very big on systems and processes. So though Alex kind of ran through that kind of quickly, you want to understand that what he said has to be typed up in your marketing folder of your company. So he said, you know, who's your ideal customer? You need to know that. That has to be typed up. You know, your brand identity has to be typed up. Your brand pillars has to be typed up. You know, what, what's your focus? What's your niche? You have to identify that and type it up. All of these things are critical. This isn't something that you kind of willy-nilly think about in the shower. This is something that you document for your business because the documentation allows you, your social media team, your web team, your assistant, anyone who's working with you, contractors or otherwise, to reflect on and stay consistent with what you said your brand stands for and is. So make sure you document that stuff. Yeah, and that's actually that ties in well with the the business plan and annual checklist document that we have available on our website, right? Correct. I mean, you're hitting obviously that that is key, right? To have a process to it. Every time we work with a client, we're going through a 90 minute onboarding call, asking all of these questions, and it's a whole process around it. And we've done it over 1,350 times. So, yeah, I mean, if you don't have all of that in one place then your stuff is going to be all over the place. Yeah. And yeah, and wow. I'd say in, in this industry or just in, in, the, in the business world these days, it's such a cutthroat place that the small things that, that differentiate you from another business aren't small anymore. They're big. It's the little things these days that are, are having people choose you over somebody else. So this isn't something to, to kind of step over. This is, this is actually something to confront. Yeah. And Alex, I just want you to know that if you've done 1,350 of these 90-minute phone calls, you have spent 121,500 minutes asking people depressing questions about how you can help them. <laughs> so I just want to point that out for the life stats. So, I didn't personally do it, but yeah, that's, that's some serious numbers there. That, no, that's good. If your, your brand and your company and your group has that kind of experience and credibility and it, it keeps, uh, keeps going up every minute, that's fantastic. Yeah. So leading us to, our, to the next question is, 
you know, what are some of the things that you see people doing wrong on social media? Alex, I want you to start this one because I, you're, you sound very, very plugged into it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when we see a 30 out of 100, it's lack of branding, number one. It's incomplete and inconsistent social media, right? So, I mean, if you, if you're not, if you haven't posted in your Facebook or your Instagram in a long time, you basically look out of business to me. If you don't have a Google business page, you look out of business to me. If you have a Google business page with no reviews, that's not good. That's a bad online reputation as well. So, th- you know, those are some of the things. We also see duplicate profiles. You have two Facebook pages, three Facebook pages. You know, several companies made them for you, but you don't keep them up to date. One has one like, one has 100 likes, one has 1,000 likes. Your LinkedIn profiles, if you have three different LinkedIn profiles and you haven't updated your employment history, that's not good. Um, if you have your data not synchronized for realtors, it's like not having your sold data synchronized. You're going out in the world saying you did 12 deals last year, but then I go on your Zillow and it says one deal in the last 12 months. That's not good. Um, so those are the kind of things that we see out there is like missing profiles, duplicate profiles, inconsistent marketing, inconsistent branding, and uh, poor reputation online, unresponded reviews for sure. We see a ton of that. And no reviews. We see a ton of that. Yeah. And one thing I'll tell you, like, you know, if there's a quick takeaway for people, I mean, first of all, Google business page, that's, that's a home run. That's something that's going to last for a long time. And it's the first thing that shows up on a Google search and it's not transaction based. You can get anybody to do a Google review and I'm not saying go do fake reviews, but I'm right. saying like get real reviews and get 20 or 30 of them. It'll only take you several hours maybe of text messages, especially using the digital card. And now when I Google you, you got 25-star reviews. That looks amazing. I don't even need to look any further on Google. I feel good. And what you're saying is that, you know, even if somebody is not, like, for example, on Amazon, I need to be logged in and I need to have that product in my history to be a verified purchaser, right? But if, if it's a barrier to entry for people, that the only way they can leave you a review on other platforms is to have gone through other steps, especially from their cell phone, where it's like reset password you know, Vil for most people is like, I'm on my phone. I don't have my password book or what I'm not logged in on the sites already in my browser, you know, on the IT side, don't get me started on people's password hygiene, <laughs> but people, people can get, you know, the, the ability to, to leave a review for you, even if it's something that they weren't a customer, but they're, you know, an allied business or a partnered vendor or somebody who just thinks you're doing a great job at what you do. Absolutely. So Aaron, you know, I want you to speak to the same thing. What are some of the things that you see people doing wrong on social media? Because you talk to me all the time about how, you know, clients that you're coaching at every level from the billion dollar people to the, to the million dollar people to the thousand dollar people, um, that you see irrelevant things that you see, you know, wayward kind of strategy. Can you talk about that for us? So what I'm seeing a lot these days is people are approaching their social media from a very monochromatic perspective. It's, um, again, since we're sticking with the real estate theme kind of on as the example today, I see people posting, you know, I'm selling this house, look at it, look at it, look at it. And then on the other side, it's, you know, here's me and my my dog. And it's just real estate and them or real estate and the them working out. And it's just, it's a very flat view. Um, I think Alex uh, has a lot to say about this as well. But when when you're building out your online profile, it needs to hit on these different brand pillars. There has to be some depth, some interest. It can't just be a work and something else. There has to be some things that are drawing people in and causing engagement. And how you know what kind of content to post 
is predicated on the different brand pillars that you created. So if you have five different brand pillars, I should be able to look at your social and see each one of those brand pillars alive and real inside your social media feed. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's probably my number one complaint when I'm looking at my client's social. For me, it's I just don't see that their social media is a great reflection of the brand that they're trying to become. Yeah, it's all over the place. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I mean, we do. We have a service called Done For You where we do social media for people. And we do a 90-minute onboarding call as well there to really understand what are the messages they want to put out and make sure there's a mix of those messages. And it's not just, I'm selling, I'm selling. Hey, I'm selling. I'm under contract on this, on that. It's like, it's got to be a combination. It's got to be really, what is the message you're looking to put out? I mean, I should be able, like you said, look at your, your social media, look at your online presence and know what you're all about. You know, I shouldn't have to guess. Yeah. So important. So Alex, I'm going to jump in and kind of throw this, this question to you because I'm, I'm really curious on the answer because this isn't something that I'm good at. So I, I personally want to hear the answer here is, you know, when you're giving someone coaching and advice on how to grow their, their social media following. What are some of the, the nuggets that you have? Oh, for sure. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you want to you go out and buy followers, you can go out and buy followers tomorrow. They're not going to be organic and they're not going to provide a lot of engagement. Mm-hmm. I don't really recommend that route unless you're really just looking to look good. If you really want to get results, you want to build your following organically. And what that would look like is, and I've done both, so I'll be the first to say that like I've bought followers. And I've seen what that looks like. And I know that organic is the way to go. And what organic looks like is think about the the beauty of social media is that you can really think about networking, right? Like I want to be in the room with these people. Well, to be in a room with these people, I'd have to go visit their event. I'd have to join their networking club. I'd have to do so many things and invest a lot of time. On social media, I just have to find that group. So let's say I wanted to fo- get followed by all the you know, in my area is the North Beach Elementary School, and there's the Friends of North Beach, and there's the PTA. If I want, I want to network with all those people that buy homes all the time, and they're moving in and out of homes, I would want to go follow all their followers, right? And I'd probably want to do, before I go follow all the followers of that group on Instagram, I would want to make sure I do a post that when they check me out, they can relate to me. So I, I was just meeting with a realtor the other day and she said, you know, my, my son went through school at North Beach Elementary and now he's, you know, moving on to college. And, but I still want to network with all those people at North Beach Elementary. I said, great, do a post about how your son had an amazing, you know, 15 years of going to school at North Beach Elementary. Do a post about that school and how much you love the experience and love living there. And then go follow all the people at, that are following the North Beach Elementary Instagram. And when they go to follow you back, they'll be like, oh, your kid went there too? Great, I'll follow you back. So if you create that sense of relatedness, you know, like really nurture that relationship through the post that you're doing, and then find the group and follow all those people, there's a good chance a lot of them are going to follow you back. That's great. Yeah, any chambers, any organizations, any charities that you're a part of, make sure you, you know, you're posting about that, then go follow all their followers. Stuff like that. I mean, if you, if you, it just makes it so easy to walk into the room, you know, think about like, I want to be at the party. Well, the party's on Instagram. Now, are you going to walk into the room and go make friends with all those people? They're just sitting there waiting for the click. Gotcha. That's smart. Well, this has been a, a fantastic episode. I mean, 
Alex, we can't thank you enough for bringing your expertise and all, all of your your storytelling ability to these different concepts to our audience. Because, you know, we're as you know, we're really dedicated to bringing resources to the entrepreneur community and 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 building that in a way that gives people access to wonderful tools and information. And you have definitely met our ethos today, Aaron. I'm sure you would agree. Absolutely, Alex. Tell us a little bit how everyone can find you and get some support. They can definitely follow me on Instagram, Real Social Coach. Alex.Montalenti is my handle. You can also, if you, you know, I'm going to offer a free Instacart trial. You can go to instacart.info. You can try it out free for 30 days, get a digital business card. And uh, our website is realgrader.com. That's R-E-A-L-G-R-A-D-E-R.com. And Ryan, we can put all this in the show notes, correct? Oh, I'm going to have some show notes. (laughs) <laughs> and you can include, in addition, I'm actually going to have in the show notes today uh, something we didn't talk about, but I think is better for people to be able to uh, to look through and do some research on some stuff we're going to post also on some of the most effective social media management tools for your business, um, different software platforms. I'm going to list uh, probably about five of them to choose from uh, with short descriptions of what each one does because I'm the tech guy. And I hope that everybody checks them out because I think that one of the things that can make managing your social media less scary is by choosing a platform that enables you to automate and schedule some of it so you don't feel so burdened down by you know having to do it, quote unquote, every day or that it feels like a, like a chore. So, so I'll post some things that make it fun. We'll also have information about Alex's product and his promotion um, as far as Real Grader and how to get that free trial and some other little nuggets. I love it. Yeah. So thank you all so much for joining us today on the Buildify Method podcast. We are always passionate about helping the entrepreneurship community find information like this and find awesome tools. Please make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a review. It'll help other like-minded entrepreneurs like yourself find us and keep building this community. We look forward to talking to you next week. 